0: Hey guys, it's Simon. This is Brustling Unlimited as it's Monday and tonight was Monday night raw. before we do that, the sound of opening a fresh tall monster. Let's, let's see how this sounds on, on microphone and whatnot. Let's, let's, let's see. Oh, I didn't really pick it up or anything. It wasn't usually it goes pa! Usually it pops. That one didn't pop. Damn. I waited and saved that just for you guys, and it didn't even pop for you. Well, that's a little bit of a letdown. But with that, tonight was Monday Night Raw. I thought it was a good show. A show that, again, for like the second, third week in a row, flew by. Didn't feel three hours. It just flowed very well. It seemed really, you know, smooth. And so that's a good thing. We got some news coming out of this show. An interesting end to the show. Not really sure where the creeds play in with Cody, but yeah, I thought overall a good episode of Monday Night Raw. We'll see what you guys think in the live chat, both on Twitch and YouTube. Remember, you can watch the show a number of different ways, whether that's live or later, live on Twitch, live or later on YouTube, or listen on podcast services all around the globe, like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways you can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime because remember if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month and I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here for Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember head over to YouTube and do a couple things there. Hit the subscribe button so you know when we go live or post new videos. Hit the join button to become a channel member to support the channel or donate a super chat. Super chats make sure that your questions, comments, or concerns do get read live on the air. We also do I highly keep the channel going, so I do appreciate that as well. Also, I want to say thank you to Jack Dawson for the Twitch bits. Really do appreciate those, but also head over to the Epic Game Store. Remember, to head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, while you're buying an old game, whether you're buying a free game or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, use this code right here, PWUnlimited, at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Remember, use code PWU, N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D for all Epic Games and Epic Games Store purchases. Whether you're pre-ordering Skull and Bones that may or may not come out on February 16th. Whether you're getting bucks for Fortnite, because there's three new modes in Fortnite. There's a Lego Survival Mode. There's the Festival Mode, which is basically Rock Band, and there's Rocket Racing, which is basically you take Rocket League and turn it into racing. Get bucks for all of those, because they all got their own special cosmetics and stuff. I just can't wait to swipe that card when we get Ninja Turtles in Fortnite. Both regular skins and Lego. <clears throat> also, remember to claim the free games, Gigabash, and Predecessor, and put in this code PW Unlimited. We've got Monday Night Raw to talk about from where we're reaching tonight, like Cleveland, Ohio. The Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in Cleveland, Ohio. The show itself did kick off with Jey Uso bringing back the Yeet. There was a whole controversy over the last week of WWE found out that somebody had a trademark on Yeet. I don't know if it was a full trademark on Yeet just in general and Yeet for Yeet in wrestling. There was a rumor that somebody, some indie wrestler recently trademarked it and then made a pro wrestling t-shirt with. I don't know. I don't know exactly what the issues were, but they've been resolved. Because the yeet is back. WWE posted a video on social media where Jay just said the Yeet is back. And then tonight on Raw, he wore the blue Yeet shirt. So it's all good. It's all good in the hood. But with that, there was a recap of Drew McIntyre's actions last week. Jay Uso entered the ring and the announcers ran down the card. Crowd chanted Yeet. Jay then said, He got Yeet back and was excited about that. He was also excited that CM Punk was in the building and Raw would gain a real one if they signed him. However, they lost a real one in Sami Zayn and Jay wished him well. So this goes in line. So Sami is getting some time off and we don't know for how long, but this goes in line with what Dave Meltzer recently reported stating that Sami asked for time off and the time off was granted. Jay also called McIntyre a two-face and he was about to get, who was about to get got, McTyre then entered. He had enough of Jay's ass kicking, kissing. He also warned Adam Pierce not to sign CM Punk. We see something with that later. Punk. Uh, not to sign CM Punk because he would destroy this place from the inside out. A lot of references of him being, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A terror in the locker room? An infection to your locker room? Something along those lines. He then said he would be fine to SmackDown if Punk went to SmackDown. Crowd chanted for Punk. Mactar told the fans that unlike them, he knew what Punk actually was like. Mactar said uh, that Seth Rollins got what he deserved, but he apologized to Zayn for being uh, partially responsible for putting him on the shelf. McIntyre did want a little credit for at least leaving him with one good leg. He told Jay, that's how you apologize. He justified his actions and said everyone would want revenge on someone who wronged their family. But hasn't Jay already said, Well, I don't even have to defend Jay. Here is the only defense Jay needs. I wasn't at Clash of the Castle. Bruh, I wasn't even in the country. Bruh, you be mad at Solo. Like, that's it. That's it. The Usos weren't even at Clash of the Castle. He's mad because he got screwed at Clash of the Castle. Jay wasn't even there. Uh, Michael Cole mentioned that Sami Zayn is out indefinitely with a partially torn meniscus. And this match did start between McIntyre and Uso in about 17, 17 and a half minutes. Excuse me. So they went to a break about 30 minutes or 30 seconds, not 30 minutes, 30 seconds into the match. They came back about five minutes later after Jay hit a suicide dive during the break. McIntyre slingshotted Jay into the steel uh, steps. No, the steel frame of the ring. I got that wrong. But Jay fought back after the break with some strikes and a Simone drop for a two. McIntyre dodged a running hip attack and hit a neck breaker. McIntyre went for a claymore, but Jay caught him with two super kicks. Jay went for an Uso splash, but McIntyre got his knees up and hit a future shock DDT for a near fall. Uh, McIntyre removed a turnbuckle pad as the ref checked on Jay. Now remember, when they fought last, it was with a future shock that McIntyre won with. So this time... Couldn't win with a future shock. McTyre went for a claymore again, but Jay hit a spear for a near fall. Again, not a big fan of Jay hitting the spear if he wants to distance himself from the bloodline. The ref then grabbed the turnbuckle pad and was very ca- casually trying to fix it as McIntyre raked the eyes of Jay Uso. He basically like stuck his fingers right in his pupils. McTyre followed with the claymore and pinned him to pick up the victory. Good opening match. I thought this was a Good match to start the show. The promo stuff before it could have been a little shorter. Didn't need all of that. But the match itself was really, really good. So, this is a recap of CM Punk's SmackDown promo. They included the line about not being able to trust someone who randomly punches people backstage. We got a Shinsuke Nakamura promo. Nakamura said that he has been watching Cody Rhodes talk about finishing his story for weeks and weeks. But... He is no closer to doing it. He was a dog chasing a car. As great as Rhodes was, it wasn't enough. Rhodes' lack of respect for him would be his weakness. He said Rhodes thrived for, for the admiration of others, but Nakamura freed himself of that burden long ago. Now, he would paint his own story and bring Rhodes' story to an end. Nakamura was uh, Nakamura was the real knight, quote, Always remember, you asked for this. I thought this was good. I liked this. But it's like, so Cody's old thing is, like, I gotta finish the story. Now everybody's got a god dang story. Punk's got a story of, I just want a main event at WrestleMania. Drew's got a story of, I want to win the world title at WrestleMania in front of a crowd. Nakamura's story is, I want to win the Rumble and then win WrestleMania's, win the title at WrestleMania because I failed at doing that last time. So it's like... It was cool when Cody's whole thing was, I want to finish the story. And it was specific to Cody because he had a story he wanted to finish. Now everyone's got a story, and Cody doesn't feel as special anymore. Cody saying finish the story doesn't feel as special as it did. It felt very special to me. It felt like something that other people weren't doing. That it was pure long-term booking. Maybe took a detour that maybe I shouldn't have, but it's still the long-term booking. And it's like when everyone's like, I got a story. I want to finish my story at WrestleMania. I got a WrestleMania story. I got a. Is that the new thing now? It's not about having a big match at WrestleMania. It's not about main eventing WrestleMania fully. It's not about winning the title of WrestleMania. It's about finishing your story at WrestleMania. I get it. WrestleMania is supposed to be the end all be all. It's where everything culminates, the show of shows. But it's just a little annoying and meh when everyone says, I want to finish my story. I got a story I want to finish. I had a story. And it's like, Punk's story is 10 years old, 12 years old. Yeah, he was gone for almost 10 years, but still. Nakamura's story. Why have you not been trying to finish the story five years? Mctyre's story. Why have you not trying to finish this story for four years, three years? You know? Cody never... Stop trying to finish his story. He kept saying, I'm going to finish the story. I didn't get it this time, but I'm going to get it next time. I'm going to finish the story. I'm going to finish the story. All these guys, all of a sudden, were just like, oh, yeah, I want to do what Cody's doing. I want to finish the story.
1: It's it's just
0: mm, too much of the
1: same-ish, I guess you could say. Uh, Jonathan asked about Luke not being on the show
0: tonight. Luke, I think, will be on Wednesday. He had a personal matter um, happen over the weekend that he needed to take some time away for. You know, school and life are more important than being on this podcast. But I think Luke said he's going to try and make the Wednesday dynamite. So well, there was Judgment Day, having a meeting backstage, Finn Balor said that he and Rhea Ripley weren't there for one week, and now the wheels have all fallen off. Dominic Mysterio and JD McDonnell lost to the Creeds last week, and Dom lost his North American title. Damian Priest said that it sucked that Dom lost the title, but it also sucked not showing up to Raw, referring to Ripley. Priest said that he and Balor would take care of the Creeds. Ripley heard Priest calling himself a leader, the boss, but that was easier than actually being the leader, being the boss. Ripley got in his face and said that she was tired of the disrespect. She planned on making an example of Maxine Dupree. Soft Academy and the Creed's hyped up Dupree for her match. Ivy now says she would join her at ringside just in case she needed it. Our truth then showed up with with some Christmas decorations for the Judgment Day. Ted Gable warned him, be careful with the Judgment Day. They're not what you think informed him that he wasn't, ac- he wasn't actually in their group. That's what Chad told him. You're not in their group. Truth assured Gable that he was in their group and they were just misunderstood. He then
1: walked off and said, Happy Thanksgiving! And they're like, the Thanksgiving already passed. <laughs> so then we got a horrible
0: Real Ripley Maxine pre match. I don't know what the crap was going on here? But it's like. Rhea couldn't get Maxine up. She struggled five different times to get her up. Like. What? Huh? So. At one point. Rhea's got Maxine for a power bomb. She goes to lift her up. Gets her about three quarters of the way up. Starts shaking. And then has to put her down. She smacks her a couple times. Lifts her back up. Barely gets her up. And then there's like a Hurricane Rana reversal. Rhea's supposed to go face first into the buckle, and she like a foot off of that. Rhea then's like, ah, fuck, into the camera or whatever in the corner. And then they go for another minute or so. Nothing's looking good. Rhea then grabs her for the Riptide, goes to lift her up. Maxine again doesn't go up. Rhea then like struggles halfway, gets her up, and just drops her ass and pins her. And starts beating the shit out of her. Well, no. Drops her ass. Was gonna pin her. Then just beat her up. Put her in the prism trap. And then she taps out. So, this match was bad. This match was horrible. This match, I don't know what happened. Like, was Rhea off of her game? Was Maxine dead waiting and not wanting to go up for Rhea? Three, four times, she tried to lift up Maxine and couldn't get her. Or barely got her. So, ah. Rhea, after the match, didn't let go of the uh, hold. So, Niall hit the ring. They had a stare down, and Ripley held up the belt. Yeah, this is bad. This is all just bad. Did it say that with Rhea? With Rhea
1: Ripley, of all people?
0: I, I don't, I'm at a loss for words
1: with how bad this was. So got a
0: video package. Again, they told us Caden Carter and Katana Chance like to hang out at EDM festivals. They like to party at night with all the glowing lights and bubbles and all that. I've been to one of these. I worked it as a um, photographer earlier this year. I've been to one of these EDM festivals. It's no different than just going to a regular concert, but everyone's like half-naked. Most people half-naked. Some people, naked-naked. So... Like, I guess these, these two just like to party. That's what we know. They like to party. And, yeah. But I'll just say right now, these EDM parties and festivals and stuff, all about drugs and sex. So we're supposed to think they like drugs and sex? Uh, Adam Pearce then walks into CM Punk's locker room, and Michael Cole lets us you know coming up after the break, one of the biggest decisions that will ever be made in the history of WWE could be made in next. So then we got just a tremendous CM Punk, Seth Rollins segment. I'm going to say it right here. So I watched this segment twice. Because I watched it when it aired. Then later on during the break before the Naya Becky stuff, I watched it again for context and stuff of exactly what Seth said for my notes. And I'm just sitting here going, wow. This right here, this segment right here, made this eventual feud just seem leaps and bounds bigger than anything Punk did in AEW. Anything Punk did in AEW. And I had one person come at me because I tweeted that. And he's like, oh, well, you're wrong. I disagree. Well, what did he say? He said, so I tweeted, hold on. Let me read it verbatim.
1: So I tweeted the following. I said... That's not the right button. Um,
0: during the commercial, I rewatched the Punk's the Punk Seth promo for my notes, and I will say those two in that one segment made this upcoming program feel much bigger than anything Punk did in AEW. I then had someone um comment on that and say disagree. The MJF stuff was spectacular. My response: Oh, it was but does not feel as big as Seth Punk. It is a guy who used to be a fan of punk who was lit down by him as a kid versus a guy fighting for the entire company he loves not to be toxified. Seth program is bigger. Now I get what some people are going to say. Well, this is just copying Hangman. Hangman said he's fighting punk for AEW. I get that. I get that. But the, again, the way Seth delivered it and all this stuff, it just it just felt... Bigger than anything he did in AEW. Anything. And I said this earlier on the wrestling wrap-up when I was reviewing Deadline, NXT Deadline. I didn't particularly care for the CM Punk-Cora Jade segment because it just came off as Cora Jade. Yeah, I'm a fan. CM Punk's my favorite all-time wrestler. Oh my God, CM Punk is complimenting me. So then when you go to the MJF stuff with CM Punk, it was all great. But when you're just like, I was a fan of you back in the day. It's like, oh, so you're fighting the old guy. Why are we supposed to care? Like, yeah, it's still good stuff. But it's like, don't bring up the fact that you're so much younger than this guy. Don't bring up the fact that when he was in his prime, you were still, you know, in school, a kid. I'm just not a big fan of that. Per se. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Especially the Cora Jade one, because it was super confusing of she returns and she does a heel thing by attacking the champion. But then all of a sudden she's a baby face getting praised by CM Punk and losing her shit. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. So it's like, "Ah, I don't know. I don't, it's not a big fan of, I was a fan of you back in the day and now I get to wrestle with you. Now I get to be a colleague. It's like, yes and no. Ah, it is a tough one. It's a tough one. At least seth has been around so long. That it's like he didn't do the whole fan thing, but Seth's been around so long that when he was in Ring of Honor, Punk was still in Ring of Honor. Seth's been around so long that he fought both Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega in a triple threat match in Ring of Honor. So Adam Pierce is in the ring and said that it was time for CM Punk to make a decision. Pierce has known Punk for 25 years and knew he'd make the right decision. Out comes CM Punk. Crowd chanted for Punk, but not as big of a reaction as I was expecting. And maybe that's because this crowd, I don't know what happened, but most of the show, especially the second half, this crowd sounded dead most of the time. I don't know if it was a quiet crowd. I don't know if this was a tired crowd. I don't know if they were miked badly, if it's just a bad building for for crowd noise. But like, even when Cody came out, Cody's coming out for his match you can hear his music, Adrenaline in my soul. And typically you can hear the crowd singing it. Right? But we heard no crowd until Whoa! And then immediately the crowd was just quiet again. Or like when Becky came out. No reaction. Crowd shots and there's just guys standing there like this in the crowd. So this was a, I think not super enthusiastic crowd. Now when Seth comes out in a moment. They sing his song louder than they chanted for Punk. Anyways, crowd chants for Punk. Punk thought that he was in a sullen mood until he saw all the signs and heard the fans tonight. Punk has been thinking about this all week. He's been consumed and worried because he loves his fans. He said, I'm, he said I have to make a decision. No, we have to make a decision. He said, this town, this building, Hasn't been historically kind to him. Punk says that I debuted here in this building at Mickey James by my side on my arm, and when I went to the back after my match, they told me we're signing you and sending you to OVW. He said I don't want to go to Louisville, but I embraced the uncomfortable, com, uncomfortable, uncomfortable. Un, I embraced being uncomfortable. We're gonna Porky Pig it and go that way, <laughs> and I learned to love it. He said he returned to Cleveland once as world heavyweight champion. He couldn't really do anything in the ring because in the back he was kicked in the head by, by Randy Orton. And when he woke up from that, he was told that you can't compete
1: and you've been stripped of the belt. He said 10 years ago, almost to the day, he had to take himself off
0: the hamster wheel and make the hardest decision of his entire life. He always wondered if people in the building were disappointed in him when he left. He spoke with Indy Hartwell backstage, and she felt betrayed. As a kid, he told her a story of when he saw Roddy Piper appear on WCW, and felt the same way when he was a young fan. Anyone watching felt disappointed when he walked out of WWE. He understands, and he apologizes. Punk said Nick Aldis made a substantial offer to go to SmackDown. John Michaels made him an offer to help mound the next generation of superstars but pierce made him an offer that's above all the rest that's why he has made his decision punk said I'd, but even before all the offers i already knew what my decision was going to be when i saw cleveland on the calendar he said my future our future starts now 10 years almost to the day cm punk walked out now he is back home right where he needs to be he shakes the hand of Adam Pearce. says, if you're happy about it or mad about it, you better learn to love it. The newest Raw superstar is named CM Punk. And CM Punk is home. Talked about himself in the third person a lot tonight. Crowd chanting chatting for CM Punk as he signed the contract. And I knew Seth was coming out when he goes to sign the contract. His music doesn't play. He gets up on the ropes. Yeah, his music doesn't play. And then we hear, Burn it down! And out comes Seth Rollins, the world heavyweight champion. Rollins gets in the ring and goes face-to-face with Punk before any words are said. And Pierce gets between and says, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, this ain't happening here. Not tonight. No, it's not. Seth then asks for a microphone. Pierce gets out of the ring. Rollins grabs the mic and says, see you, Punk. Welcome to Monday night. And he gets right in Punk's face. Rollins. Punk smirks at him. Rollins hoped that Punk knew how incredibly fortunate he was to be standing in that ring right now. Punk said, quote, or Rollins said, quote, Don't dare call this place your home. You abandoned this place ten years ago. Not only did you abandon it, you actively tried to tear it down. You spent ten years slandering me, slandering every single person in that locker room. And then you want to walk back in here and call this place your home? This is not your home. This is my home. Rollins said that everybody in the back were his brothers and sisters. Everyone watching was his family. This was their home. And he would do everything to protect it from people like Punk. Rollins said, to be clear, quote, I hate you. However, if you were going to be in WWE again, he wanted you. He said, I wanted you here on Raw because the truth, always comes out. Everyone knew that Punk's, this was Punk's last chance. He said one of two things are going to happen. Punk would expose himself and self-destruct, or if by some miracle he has changed and he has any gas left, maybe he'll be lucky enough to stand across the ring from him in a world title match, and Rollins would expose him for the fraud that he was. Rollins would wrestle circles around Punk and show him, in real time, what it means to be the best in the world. Punk then grabbed a mic and said, quote, That's your one pass for you to speak to me disrespectfully without me coming after you. Punk said that he's never asked for anything to be handed to him and was willing to earn it all and get things the hard way. Punk then says, if we're making things official tonight, Adam Pearce, where are you at? And he looks around, Pearce then quickly gets back in the ring and goes, Adam Pearce, I'm saying it right now, it's official, I, CM Punk, earns entering the Royal Rumble, and if not, if win, I win that Royal Rumble, I hope you're still the champion, so I can face you for that title, Punk then drops the mic and leaves as Rollins smiles, it looks like we're getting CM Punk and Seth Rollins at Wrestlemania. Now early reports were that they may have wanted to do that at the Royal Rumble, but no no no, WrestleMania. So now the question is, how do you get to Cody and Roman? Now there's options here. Cody wins the Royal Rumble, Punk wins the Elimination Chamber. Or or Punk wins the Royal Rumble and somehow Cody's old buddy Nick Aldis gets him in the SmackDown Elimination Chamber match, he wins that and gets Roman. So there's options. There's options. And again, I've said this before. I've said this before. I love where the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view is set because it makes sense why you have a pay-per-view. Because Triple H has even said it. I'm not a big fan of all these themed pay-per-views. But when you have themed pay-per-views for a reason to earn an opportunity at something, that's different. Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble Match, Main Event WrestleMania. Elimination Chamber has now been established as, okay, whichever brand is not getting the Rumble winner, well, we're going to figure out in the Elimination Chamber who's getting the world title match from that brand, you know, at WrestleMania. So, I like that. So, there's going to be one of two things I feel, and I could be wrong here. Either Punk or Cody wins the Rumble, and then the other wins the Elimination Chamber.
1: In Perth, Australia, that sold already over 45,000 tickets. And I've seen people go, well, Punk's got to win. They're not going to let Cody win two years in a row.
0: They could. They really could. Cody could win two years in a row. It hasn't happened often. If I think about it, was Austin, the only person that's ever won twice in a row. Let me double check that. Royal Rumble winners. I want to say Austin may be the only one. Let's see. Um... Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, '97 and '98. No one else has won twice in a row.
1: '97 and '98 with Austin. Then we had a big Bronson Reed against
0: Ivar in a seven minute forty five second match. And honestly, I didn't get many notes here because not much really happened. Reed. Standing outside of the ring. Ivar hit a cannonball off the top. Which didn't look fun for either guy. They battled on the top. Reed hit a superplex. And pinned Ivar. Again, I wouldn't call it a great match. I'd say it was there. It was fun. It felt fast. It felt way quicker than seven and a half minutes. And not much happened. Cool finish with the superplex. And all of that. Big pop for that. Like... The last two minutes of this match were really good. The rest was just like, they were doing spots. They were just doing stuff. But like, last two, two and a half minutes, really good. The rest was just meh. Yeah, Fonzie, I know Austin won it three times. He didn't win it three times in a row. I was talking about people who won
1: twice in a row. Only Austin. I know Austin's won it three. Um. So moving forward...
0: Fonzie says, no. Oh, okay. Thank you for the correction. I'm wrong. I looked at this wrong. Sean won it twice in a row. I apologize. You're right. Sean won 95-96, which 96 was here in Fresno. And then 97-98, two in a row, Austin. Okay. Thank you for the correction, Fonzie. I totally forgot Sean won twice in a row. And just when I was looking at, oh, no, I'm wrong again. You're also wrong. Hogan is the first person to win it twice in a row. 90 and 91. Hulk Hogan won it. So we're both wrong. And I will admit that I was wrong. So in 90 and 91, Hulk Hogan won it. And Sean won it in 95-96. And then Austin won 97-98. And nobody since, I'm double-checking, triple-checking, quadruple-checking, nobody since has won it twice in a row.
1: Um, Yeah, and since then... Since '98, I want to say only Triple H, John Cena, Batista, and Randy have won twice. No, Brock has also won twice. So five
0: people have won it twice. But not twice in a row. Since Austin did in 97-98. Double check that. Edge. Give me that's six. Edge won it twice. I always forget Edge won in 2021. That whole year in wrestling was just a blur. Like from... 20, the whole pandemic stuff is a blur. But... Yeah, looking here... But let's see. It's Triple H won in 22 and 16. Brock won in 03 and 02, or in 22.
1: Batista won in 05 and 14. John won in 08 and 13. Randy won. 09 and 17. And then Edge, ten and twenty one. Or my bad, Adam Copeland. And no woman has won more than once. Oscar, Becky, Charlotte, Bianca, Ronda, Rhea. Let's go back to Raw. Uh, Punk.
0: Bumped into Judgment Day backstage and lightheartedly asked them, Hey, where's Rhea? Priest welcomed him to the show. Welcomed him to their show. Priest hoped the Punk was the one to finish his story. Because he'd be waiting to cash in on CM Punk. He then held up the briefcase. So let me go to Judgment Day segment without Rhea after a break. Priest wanted to remind everyone who they were. It, very interesting that Rhea didn't come out to
1: the ring with any of them, like any of this. This is very weird. So, Balor boasted
0: about being tag team champions. Priest had a message for everyone. It didn't matter if you had been dealt, uh, dealt with already by the Judgment Day. If you're a returning superstar or a new superstar like the Creeds, everyone is on notice.
1: Dom tried to speak, but gave up because of the booing. Truth then entered, said so they tried decorating the clubhouse, but
0: the front, of the, back, the front and back doors were locked. He wondered why they didn't invite him to the ring for their holiday party. J.D. screamed at Truth, so Priest told him to calm down. Priest invited Truth into the ring because he wanted to hear what he had to say. Truth said, oh, well, if I'm going to be honest, well, you need to kick J.D. out of the group because nobody likes J.D., Truth also, advised, as Truth also advised Priest to stop calling himself the boss. Because that makes mommy upset. Priest knew why everyone liked Truth, and the crowd cheered for him. At one point, this is great. So Truth is in the ring and he's on the mic. And he's like, what's up? And then when the crowd does the what's up back, Finn does it. He goes, What's up? Right? He does it. And JD looks across Dom and he's like. Pushes um, Finn. He's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I left so hard. JD's like, don't do that. What are you doing? Priest added, everyone likes our truth. Well, except me. Priest then clothesline truth, and they all put the boots to him before the creeds ran out to make the save. They were, though, overwhelmed by the judgment day. Julius did fight back and hit Domin McDonough with a double Northern Light suplex. Julius then wiped out Balor before both Julius and Brutus dropped Priest with a double Spinebuster. So just further building up, they're the number one contenders. They're going to challenge next week's for the titles, and we go from there. I don't think they win. There's a chance, like a really good chance. But I don't think the Creeds win. We're in the back and Punk approaches McIntyre, who was speaking to Pierce. McIntyre said that he didn't care about Punk's story, or Rhodes's story. He was only interested in finishing his own story. McIntyre then walked off perturbed. Then, then, Punk was like, I don't know what I did to make that guy upset. Pierce said, "You did nothing wrong, and informed Punk that McIntyre was getting a real title shot against Rollins on the January 1st edition of Monday Night Raw. Well, so that's that's big. We're getting Rollins and Drew for the title on January 1st. Then, Kofi Kingston, Chad Gable, and Ricochet all walk up. Punk, super pumped to see his former Tag Team Championship partner, Kofi Kingston, and he says, hey, you're making me crazy. Kingston laughs and said, no, no, I don't do that anymore. He hugs Kofi. Punk then shooks Gable's hand and goes, I've heard so much about you. He looks at Ricochet and goes, I hear you're not good at video games. Cook <laughs> then leaves and the three of them, Kofi, Gable, and Ricochet, go into Adam Pierce's office. We want to discuss the idea regarding the inter- con- idea regarding the Intercontinental Championship. Don't know where this is leading to, because in case I missed something on this
1: show, didn't see another mention of this. So we have Caden Carter and Katana Chance against Candice Lorraine and Indy Hartwell. It was okay.
0: It was just an okay match. I think this show, match-wise, is the tale of two cities. There was really good matches and one at certain points. Like, certain matches, really, really good. Then other matches were just kind of there. I don't know what it was. And then mixed in with, like, the crowd not caring about half of this show. It just... I could see if people didn't like this show... Because it was like, it's just, it, it was easy to watch, I will say that. But it was just there was some stuff on it, it was like, eh, this match didn't matter. This match didn't care. So, nothing really happened in this match. Carter held LeRae for a neckbreaker towards the end. Chance hit her 450. They called it the after party. And there we go. It was a little mistimed. As far as, like, not mistimed, but Carter had Candace out of position a little bit and, like, Caden almost landed on her face. Yeah, it was, it was not that great. Chelsea Green and Piper Niven were on commentary. And then we learned that after this victory, Caden and Katana will be getting tag title shots next week. Cool. Johnny Gargano's in the back with Ciampa. And he was pumped. They had action tonight in his hometown of Cleveland, Ohio, especially after yesterday when he got to be at the Browns game, smash the guitar and watch his team win. Champa then says, you sure about this partner? And Johnny's like, yeah. He really wants this match too. So we're all good. Ludovic Kaiser and Jeevan Vinci show up. Kaiser's like, oh, I'm curious who your mystery partner is. And DOI was like, don't worry about our partner. Just don't worry about, uh, he said, don't worry about letting down the ring general again. Gunther then showed up and also had some serious doubts. He's like who would want to team with the likes of you anyways? I guess we'll see you out there. Becky Lynch is walking around. She's heading towards the ring. Nikki Cross is just standing in a hallway behind her. Nothing happens. So Becky comes out to the ring after the break. Lynch wanted to cut to the, uh, wanted to cut to the chase immediately. and she's just like, I'm Nia, get out here. She said they have never gone one-on-one, but they've been linked together for the past five years. She heard a clip of Jax punching her in the face and breaking her nose. Lynch said that it may be, may be pretty... To bring it up now. Quote. But damn it. I'm petty. No oh, petty. Not pretty. I'm petty. I don't know why I woke pretty the first time. Uh, Lynch said that everyone. That she faces. Tries to use that moment as a burn against her. But. It was time. That they got to the root of the problem. Lynch and Jax. Kept missing each other. Since it happened. Lynch went on to main event Wrestlemania. While Jax had double ACL surgery. Because as, not, as Becky said. Even, she said, Naya, you're so unlikable, your feet wouldn't even stand up for you. The crowd actually cheered for that line. Lynch said she had a child while Jax got fired. But it was 2023 20, now, and they're both here. Naya finally enters. Naya admitted that the punch, lucky swing. The lucky swing, because she didn't get all of it, and it still could have ended Lynch's career. She said, just imagine if I was standing right in front of you and swung with everything I had full force. Everyone was mad that she broke Lynch's face, but it was a contact sport. But We're in a contact sport. What did you really expect? Lynch said that she didn't expect anything less. Everyone knew that Jax was the most dangerous woman in the ring. Everyone knows when you get in the ring with Nia Jax, you can be injured, hospitalized, or even have your career ended. Like, that's a compliment and a dig all at the same time. It's like, yeah, you can beat people's ass. But at the same time, it's like, you are dangerous in the ring and sloppy and hurt people. So that's both a compliment storyline-wise,
1: but a dig shoot-wise. Jack said that's why Lynch couldn't stop
0: talking about her for two years while she was gone. Jack's almost ended careers while Lynch shouldn't be thanking Jack's for hers. Lynch said that it was Only about a broken face, then the fans. If it was only about a broken face, then the fans would have moved on from her as soon as her blood dried. This is about dusting yourself off, fighting like hell, getting back to the main event of WrestleMania and winning it. That's what she's done her whole life. Dusting herself off and fighting back. Uh, Lynch then said that Jax had her minions, or and her minions, tried to. Claim that she wasn't a main event star. I'm like, who are Naya's minions? naya has got minions? What the? Who? Alexa Bliss? That's the only friend. Charlotte Flair? Like, who are her minions? Ah, that makes no sense. She says, uh, now all Jax can claim is that Lynch was only... Uh, and now all Jax can claim is that Lynch was main event, a main event star because of her. And that was a lie. And if she couldn't end the lie,
1: she wanted to end Jax. Jack said that Lynch needed her more than she needed Becky. Otherwise, Jax would always just be known as the woman who made
0: the man. Lynch said that she didn't come here to Cleveland to just talk. She came to fight. Lynch dropped the mic, put her hair up, and told Naya, punch me, hit me, let's go. And Nia's like, ah, I don't need this, and walks out. So, yeah, the match is coming eventually. Maybe January 1st. Sounds like they're going to build that up to a really big show. You know I mean, we're not getting the day one pay-per-view, so let's get the day one Raw. Actually not a bad idea. Build up that Raw as like a huge pay-per-view quality event. I like it. Kind of like they do with NXT. You know, like New Year's Evil the next day. so Just do it. WWE Raw, day one. Just call it day one. Raw day one. And then you got New Year's Evil the next night. Hype New Year's Evil big, which I assume they would. And yeah, actually, I don't hate that. Jackie Redman interviewed the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Redman asked her, what do you think of Punk being on Monday Night Raw? Rhodes congratulated Pierce on getting it done and was glad. Punk and the fans were happy. But the Rumble was right around the corner and you can't finished two stories at once, and they both are aware of that. Redmond then asked about Nakamura. Rhodes would be excited about this encounter, if not for Nakamura using the mist, which comes into play later. Rhodes learned how vicious he was, and that was fine with him. Rhodes said that Nakamura claimed that he asked for this, and quote, you're damn right, I did. Then we had our six-man tag team match. It was Imperium... Against DIY, or as Michael Cole called them, DIY. And so Gargano and Ciampa come out, and Wade goes, Look, Cole, it's your favorite tag team. Do yourself, I, or it. Do yourself, it. And Michael Cole's like, Yeah, 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 I messed up. So Gargano uh, and Ciampa come out, Imperium's ready in the ring. And then we say, we think, we wait. Who's the partner? Who's the partner? I came to play! It's a price to pay! Out comes The Miz. And both Wade and Cole are like, that's the partner? They're going to team with The Miz? And then they like try to justify it, and they're like, well, you know, Miz is the one that brought Ciampa to WWE, and he just had a great match with Gunther at... Survivor Series and he wants the shot and this and that and it all plays together and I'm like I hate when they say so-and-so brought so-and-so to WWE from NXT. No. They're not two different universes anymore as much as they used to be. Black and Gold was yes, its own universe for the most part back in the day. But now, the NXT we have and we're on SmackDown it's just a third brand. I would not call NXT, its own universe anymore. It's the third brand. Granted, it's lower tier. It's the truck series of WWE, the Craftsman Truck Series of WWE, but regardless, I don't know. I just, I I didn't like that line by Michael Cole when he's like, you know, The Miz is the one that brought Tommaso Ciampa to WWE. No. No. He may have brought him to Raw, with champa had already been in WWE for like four years before that
1: killing it in NXT face of that brand with Johnny like again no I don't even get into that like black and gold was just
0: I miss it it was such a moment in time Johnny Gargano Tommaso champa champa as the champion Johnny's just having spectacular takeover, spectacular takeover match after spectacular takeover match after spectacular takeover match with everybody. Undisputed Aaron, their rise to Adam Cole becoming, in some's opinion and mine, greatest NXT champion of all time. Now, some may say that's Ciampa. Some may say that's Finn Balor. I still, under the assumption and the thought of Adam Cole, greatest NXT champion we've ever had. Ciampa, second, Finn, third. But it's like black and gold was just. ROH on a on steroids, basically. It was like this is what ROH should be, but just could never get to. And granted, there was a lot of ROH guys in NXT Undisputed Era. You know the four of them: Samoa Joe, Champa, uh, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. There's a lot of ROH guys, so that's why it felt. But it was also just. The the quality of matches felt like big-time ROH matches all the time. It was just... I don't know if they can ever get back to that. I don't know if they can ever get back to black and gold. What NXT is now is really good. They've been doing really good under Sean. Now Michaels has been doing a fantastic job once they cut the 2.0 bullshit. But, yeah, no. Just... Black and gold was a... It was like in 2006... My favorite wrestling was TNA. When Christian was over there, uh, we were getting Joe and Angle and and all that. It's like that was some of my favorite stuff at the time. And then when we had Black and Gold, when it was, hey, Johnny and Ciampa are best friends. Oh, my God, Ciampa just turned on Johnny. Undisputed Era is coming up. They're becoming the biggest, hottest thing in, in NXT. Now we got War Games in NXT. Like it was just all of that was just a spectacular moment. Some of the best stuff in pro wrestling. On those shows and those takeovers, like there were takeovers that rivaled WrestleMania as far as quality does go, match quality. You have a five-match takeover that was better than a
1: 10-match WrestleMania at times. As far as this six-man ma- uh, tag team match does go,
0: uh, Gargano made the hot tag early on before tagging in The Miz who wanted to get his hands on Gunther. Miz hammered away at Gunther and hit a springboard crossbody. Miz hit the it kicks, but Gunther blocked one and smashed him with a shot. Gunther replied to Boston Crab, but Ciampa broke it up with a knee strike. Kaiser and Vinci took out Ciampa before more uh, Miz and Gargano hit. Oh, excuse me. Like Choke stuff up. Um, let me rephrase that. Let me read that again. Kaiser and Vinci took out Ciampa moments before Miz and Gargano hit Kaiser and Vinci with Tilt World DDTs. Miz then put Gunther in a figure four, while Gargano put Kaiser in the Gargano escape, but Gunther managed to tag out. Vinci then hit a springboard elbow drop, but Miz fought back in the skull-crushing finale to pin Vinci to pick up the victory. The crowd was really into this match, and they really loved Miz, the hometown boy. we got a couple of things announced for next week's show. Damian Priest and Finn Balor will defend the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships against the Creed Brothers. Chelsea Green and Piper Niven will defend the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships against Caden Carter and Katana Chance. So Gunther was berating Imperium backstage before The Miz would come up. He's like, what do you want? And Miz is like, I want another shot at the IC title. He's like, no. Miz is like, I won tonight. I want another shot at the IC title. And Gunther was like, all right, you know what? Here's the deal. You can have one more shot at my title. But when you lose, because I'm not, you can never challenge for this title ever again as long as I have it. And Miz is like, all right, I accept. So I think this could be another big match for the January 1 show. Got the world title match with Seth and Drew, Nia and Becky, Gunther and Miz for the IC title. Yeah. So then we got Cody Rhodes and Shinsuke Nakamura. They wrestled for 18 minutes and then Nakamura blows the mist, phew, causes a DQ after a very good match. Great main event till the show finish. Nakamura maintained control early on before going to a break. Rhodes came, uh, Rhodes has come back. Attempt was quickly cut off after the break when Nakamura countered a Cody cutter into an armbar, which was a cool-looking spot. Rhodes then got a rope break, so Nakamura followed this up with a sliding German and a flying knee for a two. Nakamura went for a Kinsasha, but Rhodes kicked his leg out from under him. He followed this up with consecutive dragon screws, including one between the ropes. Rhodes did a reverse vertical suplex and applied a single-leg Boston cramp, but Nakamura got to the ropes. Rhodes then hit a suicide dive, which led to another break. They traded strikes until Rhodes hit a power slam. Nakamura applied a sleeper hold, but Rhodes broke out of it and hit a disaster kick, or a two. Rhodes then followed this up with some jabs, a bionic elbow, and a Cody cutter. Rhodes set up for a crossroads, and that's when Nakamura slipped out and sprayed the red mist in Cody's face. Cody tried fighting back, but was blinded by the mist and couldn't hit Nakamura. Nakamura uh, kicked the legs out from Cody hit him with a Kinsasha to the back of the head and started pummeling him. Nakamura then got out of the ring and went to grab a chair for the Creed brothers of all people. What the shit? Would run out to make the save. Nakamura left. Officials then helped Rhodes to his feet. Nakamura ran back down and hit a Kinsasha. The Creed's and the officials checked on Rhodes and Nakamura left. Why the Creed's? Like I get it. They love the Creed's. Triple H loves the Creed's. He wants to push them big. Why are the creeds helping Cody? I don't get it at all. I, I don't get that at all. I'm flabbergasted. Why are the creeds coming out to help Cody Rhodes? This just makes no sense. I don't understand any of that. But at the same time, it's like, who could have came out to help Cody? Who? Ricochet, maybe? Jey Uso? Because Ricochet's got the past with Nakamura. Jay and Cody have been teaming in their friendship. And yeet yeet. But. It's the Creed Brothers. Is this a group? Is this a stable? Is this a faction now? Is Cody going to go challenge Roman at WrestleMania. And have the Creed's by his side. To combat Jimmy and Solo? I don't know. I honestly don't know what this Creed Brother integration is. It just doesn't make sense. And it's left me kind of dumbfounded. But with that. That was Monday Night Raw. A good show, an easy-to-watch show. Wouldn't call it a great show or anything, but yeah, a show that I enjoyed. But now you know what I thought of the show. Now it's time to hear what you guys thought of tonight's Monday Night Raw. As far as all the polls do go, let's refresh these right here. Refresh. Oh, refresh.
1: As far as the Twitch poll does go, 100% the voted liked the show. Um, as far as the X
0: poll does go, 77% likes the show. 19% thought it was just all right. And 3% didn't like it. Looking at the YouTube community poll, 79% liked the show. 17% thought it was just all right. And 4% didn't like it. As far as the comments do goes, one says pretty good overall. I liked it. It says six out of 10 serviceable has some good and bad. My hometown crowd was solid crowd was solid, because again, when Becky came out, there were guys just in the crowd like this. And this person says, A boring, no CM Punk match. Okay? I don't think Punk wrestles... I don't think Punk has an actual match to the Rumble. Maybe Jan 1, maybe January 1st, but I honestly I can see them teasing and teasing and teasing and teasing Punk after Punk after Punk after Punk appearance. And then they go... You know, Punk's been back for about a month and a half now. Two months almost. Royal Rumble's coming up. And that is going to be Punk's first match. So, I think that's going to be the thing. And then YouTube Live Poll. 77% liked the show. 23% thought it was just alright. And nobody didn't like it. That's a good one. So what that guys want to say. Thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash unlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe. Like Stitcher. Spotify. Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Excuse me. Just a little bit, I will be live. Twitch.tv forward slash TimmyBuddy, playing some games. Not sure what we're going to play yet, but I'm going to go over there, play some games, have some fun, and hang out with you guys a little bit more. So again, Twitch.tv forward slash TimmyBuddy. Follow me over there. That way you get the notification and know when I do go live. So with that, guys, have a great night. Have a great rest of your week. I'll see you back here Wednesday for AEW Dynamite. May have Luke with me as well. Have a good one, and I'll see you next time.